What's up guys, Nathan here. Today I want to talk about the number one mistake that I see people making consistently on the turn in poker. This might be something that you're doing as well and it could be costing you money. In this video, I'm gonna walk you through an example step-by-step -step of exactly what this mistake is. So let's jump right into it. All right, so what is the big mistake that a lot of amateurs make? It is double barreling on bad turns. Now, before I even get started, let me just define what double barreling is, because I know I have a lot of uh, relative beginners watching these videos, and perhaps a term like that is not something that they understand yet. So a double barrel in poker is simply when you raise preflop, then you bet the flop, and then you bet the turn. That is called a double barrel because you fired your first shell on the flop, and now you're firing the second shell on the turn. Now this is an extremely strong play in poker. You've raised preflop, bet the flop, bet the turn, and it basically forces your opponent to have a really, really strong hand in order to continue. So there's basically two situations for the most part that we can be in on the turn when we are considering making a double barrel. That's either bluffing or betting for value. Value is when you have a really strong hand. Bluffing, of course, you don't have much at all. Now, the situation where a lot of people go wrong is when they're bluffing. It's, you know, it's pretty easy to play on the turn when you have two pair, three of a kind or something. You just bet again. There's not, I don't really need to make a video about that. It's the bluffing part. A lot of people bluff on the wrong turn cards. And the biggest thing you need to always remember about bluffing and poker, by the way, I'm gonna have an example in one sec here, so uh, don't worry, we're gonna, we're gonna walk you through this step by step. But the biggest thing that you always need to remember, guys, when you're bluffing and poker is that your story must make sense. You need to tell a believable story because your whole goal is to get your opponent to fold, that's the whole point. So you wanna tell a good story that they're gonna believe and they're gonna fold their hands. So, so let's look at an example here. You raise ace-king offsuit in middle position and a tag tight and aggressive player calls you on the button so pretty standard spot you know you have a you know really strong hand ace king offsuit awesome spot we get called by a tight and aggressive regular kind of opponent on the button he's gonna have or or she is gonna have position on us in the hand um their range is gonna be reasonably wide in a situation like this this is a regular opponent they should be using position to try to outplay us in some spots so we're gonna have a whole lot of good hands and some speculative hands as well such as suited connectors and so on and broadways like a king queen king jack a lot of different stuff like that, so let's go see the flop. Flop is gonna come down with a three of clubs, four of hearts, and seven of clubs. So we're going to assume that you make a bet here on this flop and you get called. Now it's definitely not mandatory that you make a bet on a flop like that. It's really not a good flop at all for our hands, uh, but we're going to continue with a lot of flop continuation bets in poker, uh, regardless of what we have, because a lot of the time in poker, you're just betting a small amount on the flop and it just makes sense to try to get one player to fold. So let's assume we go to the turn now and the turn comes with the eight of spades. Now, a big mistake that a lot of players make here is betting again on this turn. So why is this a big mistake? This is a big mistake because this board and specifically this turn card have hit their range, not our range. You guys need to remember that when you raise preflop, you're typically representing the exact kind of cards that we have here. You know, an ace, a king, a queen, a, a, a big cards like that. You're not representing sort of those middle or smaller cards like a five, six, seven, eight. Uh, but when somebody calls you, especially on the button, remember we talked about they're gonna have speculative hands like suited connectors, 
for example. Suda connectors love this board, guys. You know, think of hands like 879876. They all love this board. And, and of course, all of those hands are paired up and they're already ahead of us as well. So betting again here is literally the definition of trying to shove a square peg into a round hole. It's just not going to work, guys, especially against a smart, uh, intelligent regular. We're going to assume, you know, a tag player like this, regular opponent, that they're going to understand that our betting here doesn't make any sense. We're representing such a narrow range of pocket, you know, aces and kings here. And they know that most of the time we're not going to have those hands and they're just going to call us down here with their suit of connectors like i just talked about nine eight eight seven seven six those hands are all going to call here again uh if this player had a pocket pair like a like pocket tens pocket nines uh, those hands are certainly going to call again here as well because this board doesn't scare them in any way this is a great situation for them obviously if they had pocket eights pocket sevens they're really really happy because they've got basically an unbeatable hand the bottom line, guys, is it would be a bad play to bet here again with your ace-king because you're betting into their range. You're not representing any of your own range at all, and this board does not scare them at all. Now, let's flip the script and show you guys another example here. All right, so let's talk about when you actually should double barrel on the turn, good turn cards to double barrel on. So what you wanna do is you wanna look for turn cards that offer one of two things. It's either going to improve your equity or it's going to be a scare cards. All right, so let's talk about when you actually should be double barreling. Well, this is really going to be all about the turn card and whether it represents our range, like we talked about before, those big cards, or a card that gives us more equity. And we're gonna walk you through an example right here where we actually have both of those at play. So it's gonna be the exact same situation we raise with the exact same hand, the exact same preflop action, ace-king offsuit, in middle position, tag calls on the button. We already talked about the range. Gonna have a bunch of, you know, king-queen, 10-9 uh, suited, maybe some pocket pairs, like a pocket fives, a, a decently wide range in this situation. All right. Let's go to the flop. Flop this time is going to be 10 of clubs, 4 of hearts, and a 7 of clubs. So again, we're going to assume that we made the c-bet in this situation here, and the tag calls us. Now we go to a turn of a queen of spades. What should we be doing in a spot like this? Well, this is actually a pretty good spot to continue betting here. This, is, this would be a good double barrel situation for two reasons. Number one, we have big cards which represent our range, a 10, and a queen is even better. Remember we talked about that before. These are the cards that we're representing when we raise preflop, especially from one of those early seats like early position or middle position. And number two, we have picked up equity on the turn here. We have actual outs. Uh, you know, the jack, for example, on the river could give us the nut straight. So there's absolutely no hand that we could be drawing dead against right now. Whereas in the previous example, we could be drawing dead against a hand like uh, a set, for example, if they had pocket eights or something like that on the previous board. So I hope you guys understand the difference here of why you do not want to be double barreling on the previous board because it absolutely does not hit your range at all and it's not scary to them at all either. Whereas on this board, there are some uh, decent scare cards here and we've also picked up equity on the turn. Another way to look at this is to go through the hands that we put this player on. We put this player on hands like pocket nines, nine eight, seven eight, stuff like that. 
ask yourself in this situation, how did those hands feel on this board compared to the previous one? I think you guys already know the answer here. Pocket nines is really not too happy by the turn here when there was a 10 on the flop and now a queen on the turn. 9-8 is, well, 9-8 is an open-ended straight draw. It might call again. 7-8 uh, is certainly not very happy. 7-6 is not happy. I think you guys get the idea here. This is a much, much better board to make a double barrel on with Ace-King in this spot due to the much different board texture. All right, guys, so to sum up here, the biggest Thing that you guys need to be aware of when you're making a bet on the turn, especially when you're bluffing, is you need to be telling a believable story. This is the whole, uh, you know, core of a good bluff, guys. We need to tell a story that makes sense because the whole point is to get them to fold their hands and so if we're if we're not telling a story that makes any sense they're just going to call us down and this is why a lot of people uh sort of you know bang their head against the wall at the poker table and get their bluffs called all the time because they're not telling a story that that you know gives their uh, opponents an incentive to fold if you're going to bet again on the turn as a bluff you want to look for turn cards that are either scary to your opponent or it gives you equity. And what I mean by scary to your opponent as I mean it nails your perceived range. I talk about perceived range, I think in all of my poker books, definitely my first one, uh, Crushing the Micro Stakes. And that's exactly what I talked about off the beginning of this video is when you raise preflop, you know, you're representing big cards like ace, king, queen, jack, 10, you know, th that's your perceived range. Those cards are also very scary for all of those sort of middle pair hands that we talked about that this player can have. Uh, picking up equity is always also awesome, of course. As we talked about in the previous example, uh, we picked up a gut shot straight draw. So bottom line, guys, don't bet on cards like a bunch of low cards that, you know, do nothing for our hand, don't scare them at all. And, you know, you might be just betting literally right into the nuts because they're calling you with pseudoconnectors and stuff. They could have a straight or something already. Uh, guys, a pretty easy game, right? I think so, if you uh, just bet on the right turn cards. So guys, I hope this one was helpful for you guys. I know that uh, playing the turns is not the easiest situations, a lot, especially for a lot of beginners. But if you really learn how to read board textures a little bit better and really understand what kind of range your opponent puts you on, I think that you guys can uh, make a lot more profit. Hey guys, I hope you enjoyed this poker podcast episode. If you want to know my complete strategy for beating small and mid-stakes poker games, make sure you go grab a copy of my free poker cheat sheet that's available on my website at blackrain79.com. And also make sure you hit like and subscribe here to the podcast because I'm putting out new episodes every single week to help you guys quickly get beating your poker games. I wish you guys all the best at the poker tables. I'll catch you next week. This has been Nathan Williams with blackrain79.com.